Designers and engineers want to transform their abstract ideas into something viable and functional, while their blueprints are still in their infancy. How can they do this? The answer, CGI. They can use CGI to plan out a 3D prototype digitally before printing it for real. In this episode, 2229, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be telling us about that when they answer the commonly asked question, how is CGI used in engineering? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, welcome. If you're a regular listener, it's really great to see you again and welcome back. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, we'll be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Terrence B. of Garden Grove, California. And Terrence asks, how is CGI used in engineering? And by the end of our discussion today, you'll have learned some fascinating things about how CGI is used in the field of engineering, uh, from its humble beginnings in CAD to some of the cutting edge uses of CGI in engineering today. Uh, our goal is that you'll come away with some uh, some great, interesting uh, facts and some be a better understanding of how CGI tool sets are making all of our lives better and safer as well. And also be sure to stay to the end of the podcast because we're going to be reading some awesome comments that you've made on some of the videos on our channel. I'm Sean uh, Johnston. Yeah, and I'm Bill Johnston, your other host. And uh, welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. Well, what a great question, uh, Terrence. Uh, you want to start, Bill? You want to give a little bit of background of CGI and engineering? Well, you know, Sean, when I was thinking about how to answer this question, because it's a pretty big question, and, and we've touched on all, a lot of different aspects in past podcasts, but, you know, it's, it's a pretty large subject, and I, I, I think we're going to have to kind of try to contain it to, to some kind of an overview of, of how it's used in engineering. But to, to basically answer your question, um, you know, the, all the products that we use uh, today uh, have been conceived of and, and uh, manufactured and uh, uh, using a certain technology. Uh, but it's really interesting that a lot of the th products that we actually use have not, haven't even been touched by a human hand. And they've been designed, they've been tested, conceived of, designed, tested, and, and even um, manufactured, uh, some of them using 3D printed technology uh, without even being touched by, by a human. Um, and not only that, but it's, it's done in a fraction of the time of traditional engineering and, and design methods. Uh, so we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that. But um, you know, some of the some of the background of CGI and engineering, um, you know, it just basically started with computers, basically, Sean. It really did. I mean, you had obviously the beginning of the 16th century and 17th centuries, a lot of drafting methods uh, that were improved in, in, in the introduction of drafting machines and things like that. Um, but it really did. It changed um, very little until about uh, World War II. Um, that's when you saw a lot of considerable work being done in, in developing, uh, you know, with computers and particularly at MIT. And by uh, the late 1950s, there was um, basically a ton of different companies that were investing heavily into uh, using computers to design uh, products and in buildings and, and all sorts of uh, military applications. Yeah, and it's basically, I mean, they, they were looking for a way to, to take all their 2D drawings, which were done by hand in the, in the old days, and, and from them create or at least create 3D models, basically, of real-world uh, products and real-world situations. Uh, I remember. So could, uh, I remember. It just you just brought this. Uh, you know, you you speaking. It just kind of popped into my head. But I remember taking drafting class at at uh, junior college or sorry, junior high, and I remember there was no. We didn't have computers like uh, 
you know, they have today. Not even the first PC was had come out yet, but uh, it was. I remember taking a drafting class, and I was it was enamored by all how perf- perfect the the um, lettering of everything was. You know, when you labeled all the drawings, but then you did things in 3D on on the paper that looked 3D, but you obviously couldn't rotate around it. But I just thought how fascinating. Uh, it was back then just looking at a three-dimensional drawing on a 2D plane in, in um, on a piece of paper. I always thought that was yeah. fascinating. I was going to say, yeah, and that, 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 and when computers finally started becoming a little faster and getting more memory, it, it, the capabilities just started to, to expand. And I think it was uh, around about 1985, uh, a doctor named Samuel uh, Geisberg, he formed something called the PTC, which is the Parametric Technology Corporation, and they they really def- defined a radically new approach for standardizing, basically CAD computer aided design software, which is a CAD CAD software, um, by producing the first parametric and feature based uh, solid modeling software uh, on the market, and, and it's still being used today in, in, in AutoCAD and, and the other kind of computer aided design programs. But basically, uh, it's parametric based instead of feature based solid modeling. It's, it was amazing. Uh, advance and, and really it advanced the, 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 what, we, what we come to know as 3D CAD today. Right. I think a, a lot of the beginnings of it were just wireframe and then they it kind of um, uh, got more advanced and then became, you know, with solid modeling surfaces and everything else being put in there, not just the wireframe. And I think that's really where it started, you know, exploding uh, into today. Um, you know, going back to looking at some of those old drawings now, now they've got you know few fluid simulations and um, I mean so so many advanced things that are going on, uh, not just just modeling the actual three D object itself, but uh, you know how it how it stresses when it's under certain pressure or you know crash simulations and things like that. Um, I think is really really interesting. Yeah, the other one of the other advantages I think of using three uh, D uh, CGI basically uh, is you can share you can review products you right. can you can simulate those products you can uh, you can modify the designs of those products with you know relative ease you know uh, but uh, and then with ai and we're going to show you an example of this uh, coming up with a rocket uh, injection uh, parts that uh, you know it basically opens the doors to to such innovation and, and, and differentiated products in the marketplace. And you can, what's, I mean, even before they've been manufactured, really, you can, you can, you can have, you know, you can print out, uh, you know, 3D uh, prototypes and have them test marketed and have them, have people come in and try them and, and you, you can really refine them. And, and what used to take, you know, months and years in a, in a manufacturing uh, life, you know, life cycle uh, is down to just a couple months today. It's just fantastic and, and amazing what, what's being done. Yeah, here's some of the products I'm kind of showing you, some of the engineering stuff that's being done today. Making your own products as well. I, I know if you want to prototype your own things now, it's so much, as you're being your own engineer, um, you could you could get some of these software. And there's there's, there's actually some uh, really neat software um, for blenders is coming out um, that allows you to do your own it's almost like a CAD sketch software that's a plugin that actually is a free one you can download for Blender. It's in its early stages, but you can uh, go to Blender's site and check it out. But they've got, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's accessible to basically everybody if you want to start printing your own little prototypes, uh, engineering your own cool uh, products. Yeah. Yes, and you can exactly you can design your own little components in two D, and you can then you can send them to your three D printer and have them manufactured. And and you know the cool thing about this is is in the past. You know, you had to machine these things, and then you had to assemble. You know, you'd, you first you design them, then you'd machine them, and then you'd you'd uh, uh, 
have to assemble them, and, and, and oftentimes they wouldn't work. The parts wouldn't work together. And, you know, either their errors and tolerance and stuff like that are just measurement problems. And there's no real way to really test them until you actually manufactured the parts and then tried to assemble them. And so one of the real positives uh, is, is the ability to, to um, well, for one thing, to, to, to test these things before you actually uh, uh, you know, manufacture them. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you can even view them as well, which is, which is really each individual component as, as an individual sub-assembly in, in the production pipeline. It's, it's a... It's just, it's, it's an evolution. I think that's the power. And that, that seems like the power of, of having it in the computer. And what you're saying earlier is you can share it across the, the world with uh, different people at the same time and, and, and look at it. I mean, the, the time we're in today is just a, I, I, is so amazing what, uh, what we can do uh, collaboratively. You know, um, that, that's just such a, a it, it, I, I still, uh, I still um, am blown away by um, and the speed at which you can get things um, approved to get built. I mean, um, it, you see these you see these manufacturing facilities that have um, these machines that are or that are you know putting caps on bottles and and running things uh, you know ch- chopping off things and, and machining things. And you're seeing all these. Uh, you, if you ever see that Modern Marvels show, you look at that and you're like, how do they build these machines? Yes, to, it's, not just make, the, it's not just the products. It's right, right. exactly, Sean. It's, it's like it's the robots that make the the machines. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't even see how fast it's doing what it's doing a lot of the times. And I was looking at some of the some videos, and they a lot of these uh, when they're first building these things, they actually have a, a high speed camera aimed at these things at like you know thousand frames a second, so you can see what it's actually doing, and and then you can go into the computer and adjust them by millimeters, you know, to make sure it's it's in the right spot. I mean it. I don't know. It it just blows me away. Blows me away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so and CGI has been probably the. It's basically Sean. It's like you said. It's an exponential evolution in 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 the industry, and you know that should make things cheaper though. And why why are they so expensive? No, well, I know, right? <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> that, that's well, for another podcast, though. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We won't get into that right now. But so so this this particular image here. Um, is from NASA, and it was, it's Orion pad abort uh, number one test. And they had it, they basically wanted, uh, by doing a simulation with the fluid, is understand the unsteady fluid dynamics of, of the plume of that launch abort system using um, these motors. And so this video here actually kind of has is another addition to that where they're just, they're showing the, the fluid, um, uh, of basically the, the exhaust from that uh, launch um, orbiter. And it's basically for the safety of the astronauts, they kind of determine what the, what the problem is with the, um, you know, basically because it's shooting out 400 pounds of thrust. What's that going to do to the actual capsule or the, or the, the, um, the rocket itself? And so this kind of helps with that. And here's another one, um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, this one has uh, represented colors in the plume, which basically indicates the, the high pressure and the blue areas of the low pressure. So... Um, so a lot of those things like acoustics and, and obviously the shock wave when this, this thing is launched can have an effect and blowback basically on top of the, the capsule and can damage it. So it, it's very interesting how they, and that's this image too back here where they actually have it, the, the exhaust actually goes underneath the platform and kind of tries to funnel it out there. Plus I believe that they're saying some, 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 something they're doing when they actually launch, they're throwing on about um, every minute about... I don't know, I think it was like three or 400,000 um, gallons of water to try and prevent um, issues happening to the actual 
launch uh, rocket. And that's, that's basically the size of Olympic uh, swimming pool being uh, you know, thrown onto this rocket every, every minute. Really cool. That's pretty cool. You know, to your point, here's a, here's a uh, jet nozzle, a uh, fuel injection nozzle for a rocket engine uh, being designed uh, by AI on the computer. I mean, this is a part that cannot be manufactured using traditional manufacturing methods. And you can see it's full of tubes, it's full of uh, ports and full of vents and full of uh, all sorts of things. And, and this is the process of it actually being manufactured. It's called sintering. It's, it's a type of uh, 3D metal printing, which is actually stronger than traditional methods of manufacturing from solid blocks of stuff where you actually, it's called, uh, you know, where you, you, know it, you remove material as opposed to an additive process where you add material. And you can see that the, basically the machine prints it up. And, and this is a cross section, of course, so you can see the interior of this uh, fuel injection nozzle. And it's just the, the intricacy of this part. It's, it's designed by AI. It's printed in this new processing technology, which is an evolutionary, as I said. And look at the intricacy of this. This could not be made. It's just couldn't, it's impossible to make any other way. Well, how is it? Has it no how, go ahead. Go ahead. How, how is it designed by AI? Do, can you elaborate on that? I mean, well, on the, these ports, for instance, you know, a designer would have to go in and the, see the ports at the very top and, and look at the print time. It, it takes no time. But it's actually, an engineer would have to go through and, and evaluate each, you know, modify each individual port. The AI can go through and optimize each port without the, the, the engineer having to go through. He just basically types in what port what the, what the port diameter should be and the AI goes through and modifies the design, the actual data set of the design and makes all those changes automatically. Wow. It does the analysis of the model, make sure there's no intersecting parts. It's just a fantastic, it's, it's revolutionary. I mean, we're gonna see stuff designed by AI and printed out that, that have never existed before. It's just, just, I, it's hard to contain my excitement well, when I hear it. I, I can hear that. <laughs> it's, it's speaking of that, that the AI, I was, I was also reading uh, in prep for this, uh, that the, the actual layout of, let's say, uh, Elon Musk's Tesla factory in Texas, all of those things have been laid out already, pre, you know, basically in the computer. And, so you've, you, and then there's AI that actually um, can optimize the space and and say this this will work better in this particular um, based on the flow and how things are moving. Um, that was really interesting to to think that AI is assisting in in those things. I know that they also mentioned the fact that, for example, in a in a um, they make a basically a digital twin of the entire manufacturing facility or parts of it, where somebody can log into the to computer and, and look in three D you you know CGI looking at all the the robotic arms and and there's all this data that's being sent from each one of those welding for example if it's doing cars and things like that so you can the ai can actually see based on the data that's happening and you can um, preview possibly having your entire or parts of your assembly line shut down and this can actually do prediction uh, on based on all the data that you're getting from these things because it i believe it's some of the welding um, robot arms, as as it as it over time, it has to increase the 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 temperature at at which it's it's doing its welds, and so that those kind of data that's coming into somebody who just logs in the computer um, can watch it remotely and and basically take it down or whatever they need to do based on um, you know the simulation that's going on. Yes, and not only in, in production pipelines, uh, you know, speaking of cars, even in the racing circuits, you know, behind every corner, I mean, there's their acceleration and the, the skill of the driver, you know, who's, he's really trained to outdo himself and at least the other drivers on the track. And you probably knew that's what the 
purpose of a race car driver was, but you but you probably didn't know that there's any. Well, you do, you know, Sean, but um, <laughs> there's a there's a whole team of engineers backing these racing car uh, uh, racing cars mm-hmm. up, making making more competitive. I mean, they're they're redesigning the engines and redesigning the parts and printing them out and putting them in these race. I mean, it's very competitive and um, it. It, it, it basically enables you know the optimization and design and the manufacture of all these components so fast mm-hmm. just to, you know so you can achieve higher and higher levels of performance and, yeah. and not just cars but you know aircraft and right. weaponry and and stuff like that well going back to your your car that's a great great example I was actually going to say if you could pin me also here this is this basically at a recent Detroit uh, Grand Prix um, IndyCar uh, series race this particular model of, of IndyCar was actually uh, they had, had uh, designed in the computer for folding. Basically, the the, the airframe of the of the actual car um, shows how they they did a simulation of the crash. And Felix uh, Rosenquist of, uh, was preparing to uh, go around one of the turns in turn six, and he lost traction and smashed into it. And this is his Indy car here, um, and this is actually the the actual crash. It was uh, high speed, and they they basically say because the fact that they could they uh, had it in the computer. Um, to simulate it, um, that it saved his life in this crash. Um, so he was he was uh, he was all fine out of out of uh, out of that turn. So um, this can help help save people's lives. There's also um, accident reconstruction where uh, there's a lot of that going on. Forensics um, and and so those are engineering things using CGI to basically uh, refine their understanding of how collision and vehicle dynamics and uh, you know, they run simulation after simulation and, uh, you can see, you know, what's going on inside the vehicle when things crash. Yes. And that brings me to, uh, that's a great segue to self-driving cars. You know, we are talking about the problems that Tesla had in their manufacturing, you know, what are they manufacturing? They're manufacturing self-driving cars. And, uh, one of the biggest problems with doing, uh, getting self-driving cars, uh, is that you're trying to teach the AI how to drive the car and what to look for and how to recognize things in the environment. And one of the things that Tesla had a problem with was there's not enough reference footage, high quality reference footage to work from. And we've talked about how important reference, good references in past podcasts as well in artwork, but it's especially true when it comes to, you know, issues of grave bodily harm or even even death. And so, uh, you know, they, they found that there was not enough footage out there uh, that they could use because either the resolution was too poor or, or there was, you know, all sorts of problems with the... Uh, you know, poor lighting and, and blurriness and, and rain and snow and fog and motion blur and all that kind of stuff. And so what we're seeing here is a is an actual simulation in the computer uh, of uh, an environment where the computer knows what each target is. And the other the other problem was is in order to 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 feed different scenarios into the computer, mm-hmm. you had to have videos of those scenarios. Right. And a lot of those scenarios of like people running on freeways, which you just saw, um, just you just don't have any of that footage. It's just impossible to get. And so these computer simulations allow these engineers to go in and to fine tune and 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 identify basically you know have perfect footage to train their right. AIs from create create the scenarios and and make um, obviously insane scenarios you know that just don't happen I mean obviously there's going to be things in life that are unpredictable and there's going to be things like how the heck did that happen Her, there's no, herds of cows running across the road right or it, you know? <laughs> you, things that you would just never experience or expect to experience you know and you could throw those things at, at the learning AI and and, and it, it will learn about how to deal with those those situations even though I just recently saw a video of of a Tesla driver who had a, a, a camera in his car and a bus had just passed by and he had auto drive on and it was actually going to make a left turn 
And as I was doing a left turn, there was a, there was a tram coming the opposite direction. And man, I tell you, he had to grab the wheel real quick and pull it away from there. He was, he would, he would have steered him right into it. So there's still right. a lot, obviously Nothing with those perfect. self-driving yeah. cars. Yeah. A lot of those, there's a lot of work to do still on those things. But, uh, this particular video here, if you can pin me, this one's really, really cool too. It's a software program called 3d experience. And this, this, uh, you can do simulations of vehicles in there and evaluate the noise and vibration I was re referring to earlier. And, and you can also show, they, I believe they show after this car is driving here that you're seeing on the screen, the, um, the power and performance of the vehicle, how, how it responds to acoustics. So for sound, how, how well does it uh, muffle sound outside the vehicle? Um, and then there's also when they, they simulate a crash in here where you can see an actual um, uh, you know, cut of the actual uh, side view or a, a uh, what was I saying earlier, Bill? What I call it? Cut cross cross section. I can't even think about that. But you can see the individual cross section and in, in, in dynamically, you know, you know, see different sizes and forces. Move, yeah. yeah, move it throughout the vehicle and see what's happening. Um, I, really fascinating what you can do uh, now on the computer. Well, you know, and and it's all be uh, it's all done with the help of uh, computer graphic engines, or and, and a lot of people call them game engines, but they're basically. Uh, used these Unreal. engineering, the other yeah, they provide solutions to engineers for real world scenarios and situations. And you know, probably one of the strongest uses is spatial design and analysis, or geospatial information systems, or GIS for short. But it's basically you know where you take uh, geography data and and metallurgy data and ocean data and all this other data, and you, you bring all this terrain data, and you basically bring it all to in together and overlay it all together. Uh, and you can do that, and you basically you can you can run simulations on that and see and or look at look at trends and over time, um, you know it's used a lot for urban planning and and stuff uh, like that, and it's, it's actually used quite effectively by law enforcement agencies to track crime and and other you know basically we overlay data and we've talked about that as well, but um, you know it's used to to mostly to to uh, take a look at global climate patterns and and. You know, how the air is circulating across the globe and you know, the watershed right. patterns and ground ocean temperatures, stuff like that. Um, yep. It's measuring all those things and, and it allows us to actually engineer uh, you know, better products to, to make use of, of the environment. Yeah, there's also a program called XLO. If you can pin me quickly here, you can see this where they're launching um, a ship and you can um, see this by the, this by the simulation software that you can see how they're launching these different vehicles. Obviously, this particular um, thing also shows you can do use it to do vehicles, uh, indie cars, um, sailboats, and see how the, the, the wind turbulence is, is created by the rotors of this particular helicopter. Um, maybe they're changing this, the way the blade is, how many blades there are, and, and the angle and everything else. Um, these are just things you can simulate in there. <laughs> here's, a, here's a fan for a video card. Um, and then, of course, they're showing um, this particular thing is the actual um, <clears throat> the wheel when it comes down off of the helicopter when it's landing. And, you know, it's neat to see how the actual, especially with COVID and everything, how the filtration systems in, in, in your office or in a, an airplane um, are actually pretty, pretty darn clean. And you can see how everything's circulated and gone through their HEPA filters and all that, that stuff. That's, so. that's really cool. You know, another thing I find really cool is, the, is these 3D exploded views of products. Yes. I'd like to, I'd love to see that. those things animated. That is really cool, too. Yeah, that's sweet. They, and, and who would have thought you'd want to know uh, about a, a stadium and how the wind flows around a stadium? <laughs> They're doing, I mean, they just simulate all sorts. I, and in fact, I saw it in real time when I'm watching a Giants game. They actually show the airflow around the stadium 
Um, so they know which direction, it, you know, when you're hitting as a hitter, obviously you're going to see that ahead of time. You can see, oh yeah, there's a lot of wind and it's going to carry way over the wall or whatever in this particular thing. So anyway. So, so baseball players are going to have VR goggles where they can see wind patterns and know where to, you know, the best place to hit their, to t- take their shot. Right. Cheating. That's awesome. No. That's awesome. Hey, well, let's uh, go ahead and jump into the mailbag. Um, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, talk about some comments that have been made on some uh, some past videos on our uh, CG Bros YouTube channel. Uh, this first comment was from uh, Ender Girl, and she was watching uh, one of the just really great videos on our channel called Alone, A Wolf's Winter, and that's by Esma. And she says, this is so realistic, a 10 out of 10. I love that well, movie. And, yeah, and I'll tell you what, Ender Girl, there, Esma has a lot of great films, and our channel has a lot of great films, so, uh, and that's just one of them. Uh, thanks for the comment. Yeah, they're, they're one of the top schools in the, in the world uh, by far. This, this one here is from uh, Tomcat, and it was from the CGI uh, 3D animated short Chimera, and that's also by um, Esma. And uh, Tomcat says, that was absolutely great, just outstanding in every aspect. I wish uh, there were more uh, with the quality of this video on the CG Brothers. Well, we have a ton of them. What are you, what are you saying here, uh, Tomcat? Yeah, there's Tom a ton. Cat. You, you just got to keep look looking. Older. There's a ton of them on there, um, especially by Asma, too, and other schools as well. Um, so we appreciate your comment. And uh, we've got the last comment from Random Person. Uh, thanks for commenting, Random Person. And this was on our CG uh, animated short, uh, I Pet Goat 2 by Heliophant. And Random says, uh, this one had people shook for so long. Well done! Exclamation point. It also unsettled me at first. I was a bit obsessed for a long time. The spire falling really got me, and every time I return to view it again, it becomes more profound and uplifting than it was the time before. I could say so much about the details I've noticed uh, that I haven't seen anyone else mention, but they mean a lot to me, and I'd like to let the viewer discover them on their own. Uh, Random Person, that is one of our very popular videos as well, and it really raises a lot of interesting questions, and a lot of people have, have watched it numerous times right. and have said the same thing. Yeah, a lot of conspiracy stuff going on with that one, too. There's a lot of interesting um, symbolism in that in that uh, short film. Definitely, definitely. Well, thanks again for being part of our uh, podcast today, and we want to let you know that we do these podcasts just for you. And we had a great time answering Terrence's question today, how is CGI used in engineering? And uh, we hope you learned something new along the way and uh, got some interesting facts. And you got to at least learn something new uh, every day, at least one thing, right? Yes. Uh, we enjoyed your conversation, uh, uh, our conversation, I should say. Uh, and we hope that you did, too. And if you did, please share it uh, with some of your friends. Uh, you can hit the like button as well because that helps YouTube find other people like you who are interested in CGI and VFX-related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Bros Insider Podcast. Oh, uh, by the way, if you've got a subject that you would like to hear us discuss in one of our podcasts, you can let us know by going over to our website, thecgbros.com, up to the About Us tab, and then just uh, over to the Ask Us Anything drop-down like Terrence did. And again, we're always looking to improve our podcast, especially my brother. And if you'd like to know what you think, so please leave us a comment below, and if you do, uh, no guarantees. We may even read it uh, in, during one of our future podcasts. So just in case you didn't know, though, uh, we bring you a new cutting-edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. Also, be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your front-row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI short film entertainment, just like we just heard from a comment. Um, and those are created by some most of the new talented media producers and VFX studios out here today. And, uh, and there's a bunch of revealing VFX breakdowns and, and 
uh, before and afters and behind the scenes making of. And we want to let you know we're uh, looking forward to seeing you here again for next week's podcast, where we will be answering another great fan question. How is CGI used in architecture? Uh, we just touched a little bit about that in the CAD discussion today, but we're going to uh, provide a little bit more focus uh, next week. Don't miss it. All right. See you then. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is CGI used in engineering? Thanks for being with us. If you watched this on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the thank you button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they, too, can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more Insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is CGI used in architecture? This has been episode 2229 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.